Hello and welcome to One Throw at a Time, a player's perspective on the game that builds and breaks our hearts. My name is Johnny Malks and I'm back this week with my co-host, co-conspirator, co-person, co-friend, Rowan McDonald. Rowan, how are you doing? You always have another uh, fresh off uh, an Eastern Conference championship loss, so of course not doing as well as if we had won, but the good news is I've been here before. And I'll be fine. Uh, I've lost many, many big ultimate games in my career, as you have too. Although I think you've won a few more big ones. But um, yeah, uh, moving forward, that's the only way I go. And took a little time off. And yeah, we'll see. I think obviously the holistic approach, physically, body's pretty banged up off, you know, trying to come back from the foot injury. Uh, so I'm going to give that a little bit of rest. Sat out truck practice yesterday. Uh, you fought through, so respect there. And then mentally and spiritually, too, I feel like they're pretty pretty beat up. So um, I'll hop back on some of my uh, secret sauce, so so to be it. Maybe get back in the yoga studio, maybe do some, do some other stuff. But yeah, just new year, new loss. And as you get older, kind of talked about it in the postseason huddle, it's like, the years and the seasons go by so fast, and we all love the pro and club season, so you get kind of get two cracks at a, a big season, and yeah, one is, one's dead, and that that's always painful. Yeah, Ro, I mean, uh, you know, regardless of what time you're living in, what the world is, is, is doing, what's happening, losing will always be losing. And uh, sometimes winning isn't always winning, but losing will always be losing. Sometimes winning is losing. Yeah, what happens um, if you know, we had won and then all of a sudden we felt like... We lost. We, yeah. So it's, it's almost like we lost, so we, it's a certain thing, you know. But yeah. That, I mean, you know, it happens. Uh, and as you said, we've, been, we've both been through it. Um, and just in case listeners are wondering what we're talking about, uh, we lost as the breeze in the ADL uh, to the New York Empire, uh, hashtag Royal Empire, I guess. Um, and I was talking to um, I was talking to one of the Empire players after the game, and he was saying he likes listening to our podcast because while some of the other Ultimate podcasts out there they like doing they like doing pundit stuff or they like trashing you know the good Ultimate teams, uh, we enjoy you know keeping it positive as much as we can. And I was like. So why'd you just beat us, man? No, I didn't say that. I said, of course we keep it positive. Yeah, we we got to keep it up. And we got we to gotta make sure we're carrying the torch for all the folks out there who don't want to become empty shells filled with spite at the end of their ultimate careers. We want to be full folks filled with joy. And so, Rowan, let me ask you this question. Perhaps in the face of sadness, it might seem a little bit you know, a little bit out there, but I'm going to go for it. Go, shoot. What, how do we continue to find happiness in the game, even when we don't always have control over the results? Or worse yet, we feel like we have control over the results and we let it slip out of our fingertips. How do we continue to find happiness in the game, especially when you're coming into the kind of scenario that we have where we had one pretty devastating end to a season right when the other one is just sort of starting to blossom, as it were, going from pro into 
club. How do you continue to find happiness personally? And how do you think that we can take that personal lesson that works for you sure. and kind of expand it out to uh, to maybe fit some of our, our listeners' lifestyle, maybe my lifestyle, maybe I'll learn something. Hit me with a good answer here. Yeah, the, the first thing that I'll say for me personally, which, yeah, might hit you, might hit the listeners, is I've always found the most joy in playing when I'm trying to actively improve on my craft and improve as a player, improve as a thrower, increase my, you know, fitness capacity, strength, you name it, learn new cuts, watch film. The times in my career when I like don't love ultimate, which it happens. We've probably talked about it multiple times on this podcast. It's like cyclical. Sometimes you're just feeling like, oh, another practice, but when I'm actively pursuing the craft is when I get the most out of this, like the sport as on the individual level. So what that looks like to me is losing. Yeah. It was a big reset. Like we honestly got considerably outplayed across the board. So the first thing I was thinking was like, well, we need to make up a bunch of those goals either for next season or for the club season when we play New York and, and other teams so what do we have to do? And for me individually, like I have like a, a huge checklist, so to speak, and I'll just keep working on that checklist to become the best player I can be. And yeah, that, I don't know, that pursuit of, yeah, the craft is what kind of John Neely and myself have called it over time is keeps it really fun and fresh for me. So I think I'll end up retiring when I don't have any more drive to keep pushing the boundaries or keep pushing where I can become as a player. So that's my one uh, anecdotal takeaway. What do you make of it? Yeah, I think there's one thing I'd love to tease out of that answer that I think um, can serve pretty much anyone listening to this in any pursuit of a craft, as you said, and that's you know, have a working list of things that you want to get better at and actually write it down. One of the, uh, one of the most important things that I learned um, from an early age in Ultimate is not just about Ultimate, but about, like I said, just about anything that you want to get good at, whether that's sports or something in the arts um, or really anything is keep a, keep a diary or keep a journal um, uh, keep a list, a physical list of things that you want to work on, maybe of just reflections, and um, kind of itemize it in a way, like take stock of it every, you know, two, three months, um, and kind of keep a keep a, uh, a consolidated list right by your desk side or wherever you kind of do your organizing, and then every time, um, and then I would even go one step further and say, put that list somewhere you can see it often. So let's say you wake up in the morning, you put a magnet on your fridge. Every time you go by your fridge to grab food or a snack or just you know walk through the kitchen, you see that list and you can think, oh, um, what am I doing today to work on you know one of the items on here? You don't have to try to boil the ocean in one day. Um, and you certainly, some days will be better than others, but that will help you kind of stay on track um, as you try to certainly work on your game. And I think that that can spark joy for a lot of folks. Um, for me, I think that what I've kind of started to develop as a 
kind of newfound mentality for getting back in touch with the game this season after a little bit of um, burnout is like trying to think about my motivation for why I want to win as much as like pursuing that as a goal in itself. So I think like up until recently, it's been enough for me to just be like, it's ultimate. I love ultimate. I want to be good at it and being good at it means winning. Um, And I think that uh, recently I've started to kind of dig into what winning looks like for me. Yes, obviously there's the cut and dry, like we score more points than the other team. But I think for me, like winning is continuing to love ultimate throughout what can be oftentimes a really long and grueling season. Um, And to continue to love ultimate for me and to find joy in it, um, I realized that I can't be motivated from a place of anger or spite because I think that that is like creates a negative um, cycle um, where if I win, then I, I've let my anger kind of flow and that is kind of the purveying emotion. Um, and that builds up to the point that the next time you lose, you just have more un, un, un kind of addressed anger that you then use to try to win again. Yeah. And so I think that for me, what that looks like is um, approaching the game with a motivation based in playing for my teammates, based in finding flow for myself, based in almost finding more peace in the game than when I'm outside of it, rather than the other way around where peaceful all the time off the field and then on the field you have to develop this kind of killer instinct or desire to make the people on the other team feel bad by beating them right that's not really compelling to me and so um, I think that that's what what brings me joy is being able to reframe uh, my motivation for playing and and feel confident in um, kind of the thought that I've put into that process yeah, I mean that's that's huge. I've definitely struggled in the past with like yeah, being motivated to win or just be good just for I don't know, like the ego or those kind of, you know, not shallow things because they are real, but yeah, I think uh I think our club pursuit will turn a little bit more lighthearted and and goofy. I was filming some of the practice for the team when I wasn't playing and I saw a lot of funny kind of O-line on the line play calls and and whatnot how was the mood in the first truck stop practice post breeze yeah I think everyone was feeling like whether because of the loss or just from a long weekend like the energy was a little bit all over the place like there was some high energy intensity um, on the field but there was also a lot of I think just kind of numbness and a lot of I know in my case like silliness I kind of tried to push back against the lethargy that I was maybe feeling build up um, by just like bringing a lot of like zany energy and trying to kind of uh, infect my teammates with that and so I think that that led to a practice that felt um, incomplete from a like playing standpoint like I don't think we had our best playing practice there were some miscues and and uh, on both sides of the disc. Um, but I think it did lead to a complete energy practice and that it never felt like we let kind of that fall off completely, um, which I think you got to celebrate the little victories. And I think that was one, um, especially considering that, like you said, we've been in these kinds of spots before where we're, we're coming off a big loss and, and sometimes those practices can get, uh, can get pretty grisly. Um, so I think it was a, a good overall, but uh, certainly as you noticed, uh, kind of some fragmentation in our energy and 
while a lot of that was silly, which I enjoyed, some of it felt um, a little bit sad too. So you got yeah. you got to take the sillies with the sads. And uh, a realization I had at practice last night was that even when we have a bad rep, uh, it doesn't mean that I have to stop being silly because if you're going to bring consistent energy. Um, that can be a big task sometimes. And I think I have in the past gone from like super silly to super serious. And I think that that can be jarring. So it's important to think about as you uh, kind of walk throughout a team and and make relationships and kind of take the role of an energy leader uh, that you understand that uh, any fluctuation can mean uh, throwing some, some folks on the team off. So um, another thing I was just being aware of last night. Yeah. Yeah. Rowan, another question that came to mind before we move on to shenanigans that I kind of wanted to open with was um, today I was having some lunch with Christian Boxley, our teammate. Oh, your monthly, your monthly we lunch. We had our monthly lunch, uh, ramen this time. It was very good, right outside of Cap One Arena. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about the kinds of things that bring us solace um, or just the kind of things that we, we look forward to outside of Ultimate. Um, I know that your life revolves around ultimate. Yeah. Is there anything completely non-ultimate related? Maybe it's tending to plants. Maybe it's um, sure. reading. I know you, you uh, enjoy reading long books sometimes. Um, what is something that you look forward to uh, doing more of when ultimate takes up less of your time? Because I think it's healthy sometimes to envision that life and, and feel the feelings that it brings because there are some feelings of loss, despair, you know, not being able to, to get to interact with the sport quite as much as we once did. But there's also some exciting feelings. And I was wondering if there's anything that you might want to lean into more um, one day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You alluded to, uh, you know, a couple of them. I I think that... Yeah, and they'll come up in shenanigans. Spoiler, it's a good one. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing about my lifestyle, which definitely wraps and revolves around Ultimate, is that there's different parts of it. There's like the physical training of Ultimate. There's like the emotional toll of like being a big, like a part of a team. But then there's like creative side that I really pursue and that's like developing all of my videos and content and going around the world and teaching ultimate. So I don't really consider that necessarily in the same level or the degree of, okay, DC breeze is over. That's, you know, X hours a week back, whether that's the three hour Wednesday practice or road trips on the weekend. Some of that will inevitably go to truck stop and like the, the bucket, the same bucket of, training and the physical and go to practice but the the rest will probably dissipate to kind of my creative outlet that i use to develop excel ultimate and kind of my ultimate businesses local youth stuff as well so that's super fun for me proud of like a lot of the work that i've done and you know that's it's just uh we kind of even talked about it right before the show um like, yeah, like I kind of enjoy to work. I don't like have to work. So that's where it goes. Of course, plant care is going up. I got a couple plants after the loss. Um, that's going to be nice. Got hooked on the crosswords from oh my gosh, the trip. Yeah. We got a story on shenanigans coming about the crosswords. So I'm going to be on that grind. And honestly, just relaxing a little bit more because I think there's been a correlation with my like recovery that kind of was... Then it never really happened this year, and 
just kind of like the tension of got to win AUDL, got to do X, Y, Z. So I'm just going to slow down and recover a little bit and see if that can manifest it into um, kind of my body. Yeah, I think that's great. I think uh, we could all do with a little more self-care, especially in kind of the heat of the ultimate season. And I think it will impact for performance positively. So I'm glad to hear that. What did you, uh, what, what did you and Box himself have to say? Yeah, it was interesting. We had uh, similar answers. Uh, Box said he wants to, uh, once he's once he's wrapped up with Ultimate, he wants to get into woodworking. Yeah, He wants to read more and he wants to travel more. So I thought those were three great examples. I would, I've would. i also uh, kind of had my, my dreams about delving into woodworking. Oh, yeah. um, I, I haven't really made any strides, but I got a few hand tools, so maybe, maybe we'll whip something up someday. Um, I also would love to like garden or have a little orchard of my own if I, if I can get a little bit of land. Um, would also love... Um, to read more, write more, um, and spend more time with, with Jamie and Kat. Those are, uh, those are my priorities. So um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about all those things in our shenanigans coming up, Ro. If you've been liking what you've been hearing, feel free to head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash onethrowpod, O-N-E-T-H-R-O-W-P-O-D. We really appreciate any and all support you want to offer us there. Rowan, let's move on to shenanigans. So today's shenanigans is another seven on the line, a classic, um, where we go back and forth and we do a little bit of a draft, a little bit of a kind of detail sharing um, about different items usually, um, uh, and, and and we do seven of them because it's like seven people on an ultimate line. Always ultimate related. It's always yeah, always. Ultimate. Today we're going to do seven on the line, but it's going to be self-care related. Um, so self-care related, we're going to pick each of our top seven self-care activities um, that we can A, share with listeners, B, share with each other, and C, you know, just spread a little positivity um, amidst this, what otherwise might be a little bit of a melancholy evening. So we're going to do this. We're going to recommit to self-care. And like I said, it will probably impact performance positively as well rowan you go ahead and start and i will follow okay first player up in self-care as alluded to we all got on the bus coming back from the loss and during the trip there we were doing a crossword challenge so we waited till midnight um, and then several groups of us jumped into a crossword race and that was the first thing of self-care sitting with alex on sharing his phone and doing a crossword together in a little competition. So that was the immediate self-care, and I loved it. And the next day, what did I do? I did a crossword for the first time in my life. Yeah, crosswords were really fun this weekend, um, and we I feel like got most of the team into them at some point um, or another. I know that uh, between the team of me, Charlie, Luke, uh, and Cole, we probably did like three to five crosswords but almost a but day. you decided not to play in the midnight championship and your team used that as motivation to win the gold medal i mean that's amazing i actually joined another team oh. i joined a uh, a team of marcus bloodgood yeah just marcus and bloodgood and i and we did very badly on the sunday um at midnight so 
Shout out uh, Luke Charlie team. They really carried and, and took that dub. So good for them. Another quick crossword shout out. Uh, we were doing one, uh, a competition with teams of four or five. Um, the second place team of four or five finished in about, I think, 45 minutes. And the first place team of only Jeff Wodach finished in under 15 minutes. So yeah. absolute crossword it was, legend. It was insane. It was truly unbelievable. And it was a Saturday one, too. It's very yeah, tough. Yeah, it was very good. Um, that's a great one, bro. My first on the line is petting an animal. Uh, you know, going home to uh, my dog Catalina, getting some pets. That was really soothing. And um, it really kind of made me realize just how important uh, like therapy animals are for folks who like official therapy animals and also just, you know, animals in general, um, helping folks out. I think in my family group chat today, my parents posted a little study um, about how cats like owning, there's a study that says uh, owning a cat reduces the risk of cardiovascular disease in elderly folks um, Mm -hmm. just because it like slows the heartbeat to like pet a cat and feel um, yeah. a little bit more at home that way. So petting an animal is number one. All right. That's a great one. I would love a cat, honestly, but I need an outdoor cat, so I can't get one in the city. Um, number two on my list is cleaning. It's always been something I do deep dive. Like I'm talking going into my desktop, into my Google Drive, organizing, cleaning out there, all of my video files, of course, around the house, like a deep, deep clean kind of gives you that fresh start feeling. So cleaning is a big one for me, and I've been on the grind this week. That's a great room, bro. Um, second on my list is lighting a ton of candles. Oh. Uh, you just go to your house and just light everything that could vaguely be seen as a candle in it. Um, it, it usually smells very good and uh, hopefully won't burn your house down. Um, and it's a great just vibe for doing other self-care activities too, like petting a dog while wow. in the dark it's with combo. a bunch of candles. That's really going to be uh, adding some synergy to your self-care routine. This, These have all been soothing. This one for me, number three, kind of diving on YouTube can be soothing, but it also can be a little not soothing. I feel like the rabbit hole I got into the last couple of days, of course, um, the team watched Oppenheimer. I watched it, not with the team, but the next day. So I was doing a lot of like YouTubing on quantum mechanics, fission fusion stuff. I have no idea space, where space stops. It, it was a big rabbit hole. I don't really know how I feel coming out of it. It's a little bit scary, but the good news is I didn't really understand most of it. So um, I live to tell, tell the tale. Yeah, I mean, that stuff really freaks me out. So you're a braver person than me. Rowan, this next one might seem simple, but it is just a solid player, third on my line, getting 10 hours of sleep. You know, you get the eight hours, you get the seven and a half maybe, sometimes you even get the nine, but you give yourself 10 and you take no... You don't take no for an answer with the 10. You, You go attack the 10. Uh, Did you attack getting getting in at 4 a.m.? Were you able to get to, to 2 p.m.? Oh, no, no. I did not day. attack the 10 on that uh, oh. on that Sunday, but I think I may have attacked the 10 getting from that early. Sunday into the Monday. Nice. Um, and that usually helps, um, especially like when you're chasing some fatigue, like when fatigue goes from day into the next. Uh, it's really important to like slow down 
and take that time for yourself to get your full 10. So would recommend. Very good, very good. Round four for me, it's a little candy. Simret left a half a Kit Kat at my house. And of course, I had that and then I got the taste. I've been really good this year on my diet. But after that Kit Kat, I definitely have had Twix and Reese's Cups since. So about one a day. And hopefully, I wrap that little kick up. But it used to be worse. I used to live on cereal and ice cream for like two weeks. Yeah, I mean, candy's very good. Um, speaking of food, I've got a food one coming up, and that is Indian takeout. Oh, uh, wow. Indian food is my favorite food. Jamie and I have this really good restaurant that we like going to. I believe it's in Falls Church. It's called Handi. Um, and we'll usually get like two dishes that we know, like the two staples, and we'll like try a third. Mm, interesting. So then we have leftovers too, and it's really nice because it takes some burden um, off of the cooking for the week, and it also is just really yummy. And like a lot of my best memories um, of 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 late uh, recently are of like getting in after a long tournament or whatever, having like an evening, going getting takeout, and like uh, spending a night in with with Jamie. So that is my fourth one. Very good, very good. Yeah, no, that's that's clutch. I wonder too. You can use that as like a winning thing too. You and Jamie sweep the national championship. Celebration! You come home and you have that Indian takeout. That, yeah. that could definitely be a double. So yeah, that's a celebration too. Round round five for me was today. Got a um, a deep tissue massage. Very painful. Almost tapped out several times, but I never did. Very proud of myself there. Just some relaxation, some breath work, and this is how I start to kind of curtail the feelings of you know the the sad breeze finish and start to get the holistic approach and get everything right for the club push so that was today feeling feeling good and yeah that was five for me but you got that's a great one my fifth player on the line is a day of reading oh wow you ever just put nothing on your schedule and read for an entire day it's very i, I should but that would stress me out I what think. i like doing ro is you light some candles <laughs> okay i'm getting on the candle grind you like lay out a mat or maybe you have a nice rug on the ground and then you just put one pillow under your head and you kind of like use you lay out, splay out on the ground, and that's your reading spot. Don't go for like sitting up in a chair or like laying in bed because that can sometimes like throw off your sleep schedule. Find a nice spot on the ground, grab a good book, maybe a seltzer, and just go at a book. It's did, very fun. Did you have one book the whole day? What are you reading? Um, I just finished uh, Silver View by John Le Carré. It was the last book he wrote before he died. Damn. Uh, and Live it forever. was definitely solid, not his best work, but solid. Yeah. And that's how Jeff Wodach described it to me. He was right. <laughs> Jeff, two shout outs today. Killing two it. shout outs, Jeff. All right, Ro, go for number six. Number six is kind of a mid to long term planning. Again, it's just like a kind of a fresh start feeling, you know, what are, what am I going to get up to with, either Excel Ultimate or, or I think we're finally going to hire a full-time AUA person, you know, these big things that excite me a lot. Um, trying to get it to a tour in China, let's start planning that out. So kind of big projects that excite me um, and take the uh, 
take the attention away from what just happened and put it on the optimism of an exciting future, which is how I kind of operate normally. Yeah, looking ahead is always nice. Um, bro, and my sixth one, again, food-based ice cream, mm-hmm. uh, a classic comfort food. Um, and it's really nice to, you know, sometimes just drown your sorrows in a, in a nice big bowl of ice cream. Don't do it all the time because that's bad for you, but yeah, yeah. sometimes it's, it's what you need. I kind of need some ice cream tonight. And you have to remember that we're all going to die one day. So you don't want to die not having eaten enough ice cream. That's, that's what I always think. Well said. I might, <laughs> I might run might run out tonight and get an ice cream. I haven't had one. I'm like, oh, now I'm, I'm enticed. Folks, you are witnessing DC Ultimate yeah. letting themselves go, and I hope it's fun. Rowan, what's your seven? Last on the line for me is um, Clark County Fair, which is coming up this week. AJ lives out in Clark County, Berryville, and he said that there's a really fun fair, so I think we're going to go as a house, uh, extend the invite to Truck Stop. Partners included, I think, and that'll be fun. I haven't been to a county fair in a while. Of course, living in D.C., it's very tough. So that one hasn't happened yet, but I think it will be a fun night with some friends out. Yeah, that's that's going to be super fun. Uh, Shout out Berryville. Uh, Shout out AJ. Rowan, my last one is a classic, a coffee shop morning. So you just go to a coffee shop, you order yourself whatever drink of choice, coffee, tea, whatever, turmeric chai latte, uh, and then you just, you people watch, or maybe or you brought a book, yeah. or maybe a candle, or a dog, <laughs> or Indian food, or maybe you want to write something, I don't know, but it's fun to just hang out at a coffee shop, maybe listen to your favorite podcast, who knows, uh, and watch- Throw the, us on, throw us on. Throw us on, watch the, watch the people around, and you know, sip on a nice drink. Give yourself that space, and it usually smells good in there. Maybe even grab yourself a pastry, they got some good um, croissants, etc., So, Rowan, thank you so much for participating in that seven on a line. I loved hearing your self-care activities, and I loved sharing mine. So I hope folks will help adopt um, some of the ones we shared and get them out into the world because it's what we need. We need more self-care in the world. Let's move on to some listener questions. Oh, good. We got some. Yeah, Yeah, we got some. First of all, speaking of self-care, let's dive back into one of our lower moments of the past couple weeks, being up at U.S. Open 6-3 and 10-11 and letting the game slip away from us. Who will ask this question? Who is this? Spencer Goodfellow. He says he loves the energy we're putting out um, and has a lot of questions. Kick us while we're down. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to go at Spencer too hard here. Spencer, we really appreciate you All right, much love, Spencer. Listening. We got we to answer the hard questions. Yeah, we love you listening, and we love, we love the tough questions. Um, Spencer says uh, he would love to give, uh, to hear a little bit of an analysis of the U.S. Open final and why we think we couldn't quite perform uh, at our best, uh, even when we were up at multiple times uh, in the game. Um, do we think other teams have gotten better at countering sort of our small ball of last season? Do we think it was just, you know, early season miscues? What do you think happened there um, that sort of let the game get out of our grasp? Yeah, I think it is definitely a little bit more of us kind of learning, bringing our offense back to the small field. I think the entire truck stop o-line is is breeze pretty much without our friend kevin healy 
Uh, so a lot of the reps we were getting have been on the big field. So I think kind of bringing it onto the small field, you have to be a little bit more diligent with like timing, spacing, perfect, not perfect, but like throwing spots. And I think a few of those missed. I missed Ben out of bounds um, a little bit. Ty missed me by like two inches out of bounds. So I think the transition there is fine. I think the benefit of kind of the small ball stuff is that even teams that have like amazing defenses, it's hard to defend when the disc is moving. So yeah, I think I was honestly happy with where we were at that point of the season. Even last year, like we had almost a perfect nationals. Like we only got broken, I think three or four times, but we got broken plenty of times in the other tournaments. So no, I'm not too worried. We're still getting it together, you know, at least on an individual spot. I am still nowhere where I, I want to be and I'll hopefully get there. But I thought we played good, not perfect. And I think that's totally acceptable at this point in the season. Yeah, I think uh, I feel a similar way. I think uh, it was less of a like systemic error uh, than it was just some individual um, you know, miscues at that point in the tournament, playing at altitude, our first tournament uh, together as a team. Um, and so I think there was a mixture of fatigue, a mixture of not having played club together in a while, um, and a mixture of us just, you know, messing up. And sometimes that happens. And sometimes it's unacceptable if the goal is a win. And it was in that case. And so I think we're going to have to be pretty much perfect to be pony. And I know we have it in us. Uh, and I can't wait to, you know, see us thrive and, and learn from learn from the losses. Because uh, as you can see from last year um, with DC Truck Stop, um, and sort of the offense we put together and, and the run we made, it's it's a powerful thing to learn from losses. Um, so um, moving forward, we have a question from Gabe Webster, our good friend, oh, yeah. our wonderful Patreon subscriber, our wonderful friend, a great youth coach, and just a great person all around. If you get the chance to meet Gabe Webster, highly recommend it. Say hi. Give him a hug from me. Gabe's asking about an age-old question, youth ultimate and zone Rowan Gabe says that he likes match defense a lot better both from a coaching and watching perspective Um, and he thinks it helps the players learn more too which I know we both totally agree with but he says as we've heard a lot on this show before sometimes especially in youth competitions playing like a team that plays really good zone is really tough to beat especially when it's a little windy and especially when sort of in the younger age groups you get, the harder it is to sort of rein in some of the decision-making there. Um, And Gabe's asking any suggestions on how to balance the kind of ultimate that he prefers to coach and watch, uh, which is match defense, and the style that seems to be the winning formula for competitive youth games at this stage, which is zone. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, zone sucks, especially for youth ultimate. I think it's a travesty, and I think if you're a coach ditch it and teach them how to play ultimate and not zone because it's a it's a crutch and Gabe's right you play zone especially at a certain level really young it's a huge advantage you're not going to find multiple throwers on a youth team that can hit the blades over the tops to kill a zone and what's going to end up happening is that team is going to have their two best players play catch and then five people fall asleep on the field you as a zone can hide your worst players on the open side wing and nobody really learns anything. 
And if those kids have aspirations of becoming great club or pro players, they're not because zone doesn't really work at the top level. So I'm 100% supportive of Gabe without any wiggle room. I think zone should be flat out banned at a certain age. One problem, the kids love zone too. Some coaches really want to win and don't want to put in the work of teaching all the nuances of just a junk defense or switchy defense or, or the matchup defense with force. So I'm pretty solid on this one or one, one side of the fence. What about you, John? Are you a little more neutral or a little more open-minded than, than that? Yeah. I mean, I think Gabe, like, as you can tell uh, from Rowan's answer and what we've both said in the past, like match defense is definitely much better for player development. And as you note, Gabe, much better for viewer and coach because there's a lot more nuance you can give to feedback to each player to help them get better. Um, And it also challenges the other team more because it makes them work through each individual player rather than just having a few throwers who can move the disc around and break through. Um, In terms of balancing that with like the fact that zone isn't going to be banned or it isn't going to go away, I think that one thing that Um, I've always pushed for as a coach is like unless it's the last tournament of the season or unless it's like you're playing a team you've never met or never seen or have no relationship with like talk to the other team's coach and try to like limit the amount of zone that's being played that's one of the things that um, I think when I was growing up at the National Ultimate Training Camp they did so the counselors would like agree like hey we can only play zone like every third point or we can only play zone like a certain amount per half and i think that that helps balance it out and i think a similar thing could be applied to like i said any competition that's not like states or like a championship competition um, in youth just for player development as you say Um, and it also really shows like what team is actually the best team rather than just the team that can be the zoniest um So that's what I'd recommend in terms of balancing it from a player development perspective. I don't really think there's anything we can do to balance it from a like complete fairness perspective besides like um like Rowan said giving some kind of like across the division rule which I don't think is going to happen. Um and I think all that you should do Gabe as a coach is teach uh how to play zone offense and then teach the kind of defense that you like to see. Um, so, and, and even with zone offense, like spend a couple of practices on it, but don't like pull your hair out working on it because a lot of zone offense in my pers- uh, from my perspective is decision-making. And that's something that comes after making a ton of mistakes that unfortunately often come for a lot of players in the youth division. So coaches out there, when the mistakes happen, don't get too pissed. That is learning in itself. Take it from me, someone who's thrown Far too many blades into the ground through his own. Rowan, one last question from our friend Zach Smith, who we got a chance to chat with the other day because he is a Patreon subscriber. Thank you so much, Zach. Um, Zach asks, very open question. We can take it wherever we want. What do we hope Ultimate becomes that it is currently not? Rowan, I'll take it real quick and then I'll pass it over to you. For me at least from my POV and the kind of ultimate that I'm playing all the time these days, which is like high level men's is 
I really hope High Level Men's becomes a safer space for people who aren't looking to be driven purely by anger or like I should say like typically masculine motivation of like dominating the other team or making the other team feel small, you know. I want Elite Men's Ultimate to be a place where um, we can spark creativity and joy and I think that that will make it a much more welcoming space as well. Yeah, great answer. And I think I'll take mine in terms of where I want it to go is like a little bit more around the world. I think seeing other cultures and communities playing, especially at a really high level, is is kind of a dream. So I hope that it continues to be a global sport and not just, you know, North American, you know, dominating the the world tournaments. Of course, Fingers crossed, you know, world tier next year. Um, maybe we, we get one more U.S. Uh, sweep, and then you know, as uh, you know, as we retire, then you know, it, the world takes over. But that would be my my short answer. I think that's a great answer, Ro. Thank you so much for listening, folks. If you enjoy what you've heard, feel free to head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash one throw pod o n e t h r w p o d. We also have an Instagram. Find us there and follow us at One Throw Pod, same spelling. And as always, send in your listener questions, which we obviously love answering and are very passionate about, to onethrowpod at gmail.com. That is O N E T H R O W P O D at gmail. And we will see you next time. Bye bye. Bye.